Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell us about the time you had an awkward TV or movie moment that you shared with your child or your parent. 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer over there. It's his birthday today. Uh, And uh, yeah, so I watched Ace Ventura with my son. Last night, and I had forgotten about some of the naughtier moments of that movie. And that was awkward. We had an awkward moment, and it wasn't the first time I've had an awkward moment, and it probably won't be the last. Um, but I know you all have too. 651 641 1071. Shall we go to the phones, Bradley? Let's do it. Let's go to Marie. Hello, Marie. Hello. Happy birthday, Bradley. Oh, well, thank you, Marie. Oh, yeah. So my awkward moment, I was 21, but I saw the movie Magnolia with my dad in the theater. And like the opening scene, there's no question about about what's going on. And here we're sharing a, you know, a big bucket of popcorn oh. and enjoying some conversation. And then the nookie started. And oh, it was so my gosh. weird. Oh. Yeah, it was awful. I feel like, thank you, Marie, for A, reminding us of that. And B, I just... I have this idea that there should also be in the rating system something that says like potential awkward moments if you watch this with certain well, don't family they usually members. Say like you know mature scenes but, like, or mature there's a humor. Difference between like mature humor being you know swearing, you know, and awkward nookie moments. You know, I there's to me adult there's, situations. I don't know. Ugh. They do put underneath the trailer. That the reason that they give it the rating is for adult sexual content. Oh, well, okay, let's go to Karen. Hello, Karen. Hi. Uh, tell Hi, us about Col- the awkward TV or movie moment that you had either with your kids or with your parents. Well, it was with my parents. It was my father. I was downstairs in the basement watching Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. You know, pretty decent, nice <laughs> well, little movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that scene when he was dancing. Oh, yeah. Puts the lotion on the skin. My dad came downstairs, and all of a sudden that scene is on, and he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, this whole movie was not like that at all. You're like, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Had he ever seen, had he not seen the movie even? No, not even. And, and. It was just that one little part, and oh. there he is dancing and doing his little, you know, yep. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, was, awkward, yeah, Karen. That was really awkward. Thank you for your call. I even think about when we're watching movies and there's like nudity or weird sexual situations and like it's nighttime and the windows are open. You know, I think about like what the neighbors oh, yeah. must think. Uh, or, we close our blinds all the time because, I mean, like you watch Game of Thrones. That's like pornography. I know. Basically. It's crazy. And, like I get uncomfortable watching it alone in the dark. I know. Um. You don't watch Game of Thrones. I mean, I did. I oh, watched okay. the first season and a oh, half right. like back in the day. Um, and there's some like the, the sex in there is a little sexy. <laughs> um, you know, all this talk about uncomfortable moments with your parents. It occurred to me that I saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the at the drive in movie theater in 1982 with my parents. Oh my gosh. So they used to do this thing where I'm assuming, I don't remember specifically this movie, but I do remember Phoebe Cates's breasts, like viewing them from the back seat of the car because <laughs> my parents were like, look down. Oh yeah, Cause gosh. that's how you used to deal yeah. with stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like you can't, you know, <laughs> turn around. <laughs> it's Cause we didn't have like rating systems then. It was just, oh, there's awkward. boobs, move it. Awkward. Um, but I'm assuming this was because because you would say, why would you bring your child to Fast Times at Ridgemont High drive-in theater? Well, my parents were a little, you know, they whatever. But um, in addition, I believe, if I remember correctly, that the double there used to always be a double yeah. feature. And surely Fast Times at Ridgemont High would have been the like late feature. Yep. And so it, they would have assumed at that point I would have been asleep. Right. Because I would routinely fall asleep. So yeah. you'd have like E.T., and then Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That was the best to yeah. go to the drive-in for the double feature. And like my parents would always bring sleeping bags and put them in the back of the minivan for yeah. us. So we'd watch the you know, first movie and then they'd probably hope we'd drift off yeah. during the second movie. Uh, let's go to Abby. Hi, Abby. Abby, tell us about the awkward moment you had watching a movie uh, with either a child or your parents. Yeah, so I was uh, 16, and this was when Bridesmaids came out in 2011, and it's a great film and super funny to watch now, but being 16 years old in a dark theater wedged in between my mom and my dad, and the first scene opens, and it's uh, Kristen Wiig and John Hamm having their adult sleepover. Yes. Um, That wasn't very... Oh, it didn't wonderful. kick it off well. It didn't. It didn't. You know, make no, a no, no. And my my family wasn't super open about like, okay, we're gonna sit down and have the talk. They kind of just relied on my school to teach us about sex and abstinence and all that stuff. So I was mortified mm-hmm. just oh, sitting there with my, my parents. Gosh. Scarred for life. I'm telling you. Thank you for your call, Abby. That's one of those things, though. Like you have those moments, and you are literally scarred for life. <laughs> After you see a movie and have that awkward moment with your parents. Let's go to Connie. Hi, Connie. Tell us about an awkward TV or movie moment that you shared with either your child or your parents. So mine, too, is my parents. And um, back in the 80s, and you were excited to go to the movies. Um, My dad said, oh, there's a great new movie out. Um, It's going to be one of these Academy Award winners. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm really young. And he takes me to Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, God. And, we're, you know, you're so excited on a Saturday afternoon to go to the movies. And I'm in the theater with my dad, and he's weeping the 
whole time. Oh. I was about the age of the child whose parents get divorced oh, in the no. movie. And and here I'm sitting with my dad on like a lovely Saturday afternoon and he's just weeping through the entire movie are were you ever yeah. like what were you thinking yes yes and he's like i don't know it was, a, it was a good film you know it was an academy award winner yeah again it's not like you had access to you know in-depth reviews rotten right. tomatoes trailers I, I, I know i was the same age as the as the child oh. in the movie awkward thanks for your call connie and finally emily emily thanks for calling tell us about an awkward tv or movie moment that you shared with your child or parent um it was with my parents and it was my now husband and my parents and i went out to dinner and see a movie um and it was the crying game oh dear oh yeah yeah that was awkward that's a really (laughs) awkward choice for a family night yeah I didn't know. <laughs> Did they? I mean, no. Oh god, no, none of us knew about that particular scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. Next. Yeah, I mean, you could practically feel like the, the heat radiating off of our cheeks, just like oh, and they're individually like blushing from our navels to our foreheads. I'm going, gonna go oh, get, a, get a beverage. I have to go to the bathroom now. Oh, yeah. go. oh my gosh, <laughs> Emily, thank you for your call. Next week, we're all gonna watch Pink Flamingo. <laughs> Yum. <No. laughs> I did watch Borat with my parents for the first time in the movie theater. Oh, that is awkward. It was funny, though. Well, you know. Yes. Now, I'm sure it's very funny now. The last scene of Borat, though. Oh, it was the one that was about two thirds of the way through. You know, where they're chasing each other in the hotel Oh, see, for some reason, I thought that was at the end of the movie. But it is... I suppose it is smack dab in the middle. Yeah. That's awkward. It just makes me think of parents. You know, like, you know how your parents, they will laugh at things and you're like, you don't know why that's funny. Right. You? Right. You know, or, you know, like how parents just try to be like hip and they're like, ha 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 ha. And you're like, you don't. You don't understand that. No, too. I, don't, I don't know. Or like what I was laughing at in Ace Ventura and my son was like, why is that funny? And I was like, I don't know. Well, that's like, you know, because if you I didn't want to have that, to explain it to him. If you want to do that with your kids, make them watch Wayne's World. Oh, that's true. That is just so full of humor that no one would understand if they had not lived through the experience of Wayne's World. That's true. Like all the references. Yeah, that's true. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, whoa, some of our old favorites. Our Z-list celebrities that we loved. And former guests of our very own show. I mean, show. it's true. Both of the people we are going to talk about were They're guests on go. our show. They're having a rough go. We got we to gotta be with them in this moment. And we're mm-hmm. going to do that after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107. Friends on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Some of our old friends are our Z-list celebrities that we knew and loved and were oh, guests God. on this very show. They need our our support and our prayers. We need to help. Uh, I don't know. We need to do something for Mama June and Courtney Stodden. Maybe we need to pray. I don't know if that's going to do much good in this particular case, but whatever you do, maybe do it for Mama June and Courtney Stodden. So Mama June, you don't know. If you don't know Mama June, she, of course, is the matriarch of the Here Comes Honey Boo Boo Fran Cheese. Mm-hmm. She is the, you know hilarious mom of little Alana Thompson. Yep. Who made a name for herself in uh, High Heels and Hooterville. What is that it called? That was called Toddlers and Tiaras. Toddlers and Tiaras. Mm-hmm. And Mama June was like the ultimate stage mom yeah. who wanted... She put her daughter on Go-Go Juice. Yep. Remember that? Oh, yes. It was like Mountain Dew and... Well, 
I, I was going to say crack, but that's too. Okay, no, that's too, too close, close to home. home. Yeah, <sighs> she would. Yeah, so that's where they first caught people's attention, and then TLC gave them their very own show called "Here Comes Honey Boo Boo." That went south in a bad way. <laughs> Yes, with her forklift foot uh, and her skeddy. <laughs> but we fell in love with Mama June and all of her quirky, uh, you know, bucolic ways. We've had her on the show. I mean, it was delightful. And then she kind of went off the edge. Now, she told us that she was never going to go Hollywood, but I think she went Hollywood. And by Hollywood, I mean... Well, she then started, she snapped into something else. She started hanging out with an ex-boyfriend who had sexually molested her daughter. So, okay. <sighs> As if that weren't bad enough, you know, then she kind of like rehabilitated herself because you'll remember she went out west, started hanging out with uh, our friend um, Gina, Gina Rodriguez, Rodriguez the, not the not actor the actric, from Actrix, yep. but the talent agent yep. who's responsible for Fair Abraham Octomom and got her a series called From Not to Hot, which was really over the top and bad. But but it did result her in getting um some uh, drastic weight loss surgery that she seemed to be really committed to. And she did this whole transformation and she seemed to be on the up and up. And then, and then she gets arrested for crack cocaine possession with her, you know, horrible hillbilly boyfriend. And the story today is that they're living in a hotel in Alabama and uh, following their cocaine arrest. Now, the other thing is that there was a restraining order between them. So he was not supposed to be hanging out with her because there was domestic violence. Oh, that's, that's why right. the police were called. That's so originally right. they were at a gas station. There was domestic violence issue uh, or not. He was apparently being abusive. Cops got called. They found crack cocaine on her. She, she was arrested for that. He was given a restraining order. They've been violating that left and right. And she's trying to get the vi- the restriction removed. Again, this is all according to the tabloid press. So, but that's what we know. And then the story today was that they're just living out of Alabama hotel rooms. Which, oh. I mean, you know, God love the people of Alabama, but I just feel like from where she was to right. where she is, is a totally different place. And drug addiction is not a joke. No. And let's hope that for her sake, this is not um, a fact of her life. And if it is that she's getting the help she needs. So I've got a question mm. because I'm curious, where is Alana? That's a good question. Her youngest child, uh, otherwise known as Honey Boo Boo. I have no idea, but I would imagine she's with her mom. That is June's mom, because you remember June Shannon. Right. That's Mama June. She uh, was a part of their life. Yes. And but there's also the her sisters, Alana's sisters, who are grown. Right. A couple of them are grown anyway. I think they're all because uh, they been should quite all quite a few years. They should all they be, should of be age. relatively grown. Yeah. Um, because I think even Alana is like thirteen or fourteen, now and I, she was youngest by far. Now I will say she. Is posting to Insties. I don't know if it's her though. So, Mama June is both. Oh, okay. Mama June and Honey Boo Boo, but I kind of—they're the kind of posts that are just like, "Look at me from this time in my life." So, hi everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Album, Susie Essman. Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Not recent. No, and like not... I wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, I just that makes me very sad. I know. So that's that's how the mighty have fallen. I feel like we now live in this post. Remember how we had this the halcyon days of Z-list yes. celebrities? We had them on our very own show. That was kind of our moment. Here comes too. Honey Boo Boo, uh, Courtney Stodden. Oh crap, Courtney Stodden. Uh oh, that's the other person on the list we need to talk about briefly. You need to pray for her. Okay, why? Well, okay, I don't. We've talked about her a lot on this show recently because she's been going through some stuff. Right. Now, Courtney Stodden, for those of you who don't know, uh, gained fame after she, when at the age of 16, married Doug Hutchison, who was 54 at the time, uh, an actor that many would know from The Green Mile, but also was in the TV show Lost. He was her acting teacher and coach, and that's how they met. And Courtney's parents signed off on a marriage between the two of them. They're now divorced. Which was so, I mean, so disturbing, right? Very bizarre. So disturbing. Um, And she has had a rough go of things. She's talked about some mental health issues. There was this whole interview that we talked about recently where she, you can tell she has no idea how harmful that relationship was on her. She takes on a lot of the responsibility for the failure of her relationship, which is probably the best thing that happened to her was Mm -hmm. the failure of her relationship with a 51-year-old man when she was 15 years old? She also... Um, or 16. She also has a, a very interesting and kind of bizarre fascination with Marilyn Monroe. Which seems like creepy... I don't want to call it a creepy death wish, but, you know, like... It's a very... Something ain't right. And most recently, she's running around um, with halter tops that say Free Britney. So, I don't know what that's about, but... Okay. Fingers crossed... Okay. Take care of yourself, Courtney. Yeah, take care of yourself, Courtney. All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got celebrities behaving badly. We call them a name, and that name is D Bag. We'll tell you about it after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com and on our app where you can be entered to win. A cruise for two. Be thanks to our friends. to win, yo. <laughs> From our friends <laughs> at Bell's Destinations, Sun Country Airlines, and Royal Caribbean Cruises. God, I wish they did that on a cruise ship instead of the foghorn. I think that this definitely sounds better. Beep, beep, Can we beep, that beep, again? Beep. Yes. Party on the Lido We are also giving away $107 Every day. per day to one lucky listener. So make sure you've downloaded that app, register yourself on that app, and listen to Tap us it. on that app. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. we have a name for those celebrities behaving badly that we like to tell you about, and that name is... Dibert. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag. Of the day. Okay. I am so excited to share the story with you because it involves a repeat offender. Oh. Do you think that anybody someday will do the thing that I think somebody should do, which is the following? 
please take all of our Lena Dunham segments, piece them together, and send them to Lena Dunham. Oh, that's a good idea. Curious why you put people off, Lena Dunham? Let Colleen and Bradley tell you. Yeah, because we will. Mm -hmm. But I kind of feel like that would backfire. But anyway, if someone wants to do it, they should. Today's segment about Lena Dunham being our D-bag of the day. Do you know we really created, honestly, this entire segment in part uh, for for no small feat uh, due to Lena Dunham's continual Mm -hmm. aggravation. Mm D-baggery. Yes. So today, Lena Dunham has really destroyed someone's life. Uh Uh-oh. Forever? Her friend, Jemima Kirk... Or okay. Jemima. I don't know how you say Jemima's name. Jemima. Jemima Kirk. It's one of her best days. Hey, my name's Jemima Kirk. And she's a fabulous woman in her own right. Well, mm-hmm. she wanted to honor her friend's birthday. So she did what everybody does. She did an Insta story tribute. Okay. And she posted some stuff. I haven't done that for you yet, but I, I have plans to. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Okay, good. You've already given me gifts. <laughs> However, amid all the beautiful photos of the pair and the anecdotes from their long-standing relationship, there was one slide buried in there, which was the logging of a FaceTime session late at night over one hour and 28 minutes, Okay, which gave away more than an insight into their closeness. It included her phone number from the contact listing in Lena's phone. So in the post, you can see Jemima Kirk's phone number. Predictably, Lena's three million followers took that as an invitation to wish Jemima Kirk a happy birthday. Three million people descended upon, well, okay, maybe not three million, but a lot of the peoples decided to contact her in a barrage of calls, which she described as relentless. And then, um, you know, Lena was smart enough to take it down and she responded by you know look this is not the worst lena dunham story ever but i just love that she like she can't even do like a friend's birthday thing without stepping in the dog's business well because she you know why (laughs) i'll tell you why she's an oversharer yeah she oversharers so much oh my god you guys need to see how amazing jemima kirk is oops there's a phone number quote yes she overshared her phone number i'm really an idiot I'm so lucky. Anyway, uh, Kirk said that she's had the name. Can I also just say that that she did that? She she shared that by posting a picture of the text chain between her and Jemima Kirk, which tells you that she could have run afoul of that same thing again. Yeah, she she wasn't thinking. It's like, put it down, fix it, figure it out. She goes, ah, I'm deleting. I'm so sorry. And Jemima said, quick, I'm just stupid. My phone won't stop. People are texting. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Texting, calling, relentless, said Jemima Kirk. And she did respond saying that she'd had that number for 10 years. But, you know, it was probably time for a change. I would be so. Oh, I would be irate. So irate. So mad. Oh, my God. Oh, Lena, Lena Dunham. Dunham. Lena Dumham. <laughs> Dumham. It's Dumham. Sorry, Lena Dumham. Oh, my God. If she hears this, we're in so much trouble. What? Oh, come on. What? 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 What would happen? Yeah, what would happen? Uh, let's see. What would Lena Dunham do? Oh, she'd probably give us lots of attention. Okay. Lena Dumham. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, All right, I've got a D-bag for you, and that D-bag is the Today Show. Why, you ask? 
Because of this uh, headline on their website under the trends section, by the way. Uh, The headline, the original headline was, what will Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's baby eat? (laughs) Oh, was this a vegan thing? No, actually, which is so bizarre. Because we did that story already where they were saying she's going to feed the child a vegan diet. But in answer to the question, what will... Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's baby eat. I imagined food at some point. I mean, perhaps that's the dumbest question ever. Not like gold doubloons. I mean, this is <laughs> doubloons. Like, like the most ridiculous okay. question ever. Okay, anyway, pirate Pete. The, and then the story goes on to tell of the fact that uh, apparently uh, the Queen changed how children ate. I, it's it's a bizarre. What do you mean? I don't quite understand. Uh, Royal babies have been feasting for centuries on (laughs) (laughs) different types of food. Um, Yes. Apparently, the mm, there was a a prevalent use of a wet nurse at during the 18th century. Yeah, so they would whip uh, whip it out, feed the baby, move on. That's what a wet nurse is, right? The a wet nurse is a person that you hire to feed the baby yeah. with their own booby supply. Yeah. Okay. Booby. Yes, yeah. Bradley. It's your I know, birthday. That's a professional Happy term. birthday, Bradley. Woo! With her own booby. <laughs> okay. I appreciate your accommodation. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, in any juvenile case, juvenile nature. Um but so I I don't know. I guess this is about like uh the that Queen Elizabeth breastfed her children, and so that was revolutionary. And then, oh, I uh, bet it was. But I, but I think yes. that was probably revolutionary for a lot of women. But what would be revolutionary today? Uh, a vegan diet? No. Mm. Well, yeah, no, like suckling a pig, or like a cow, like you know, like a free range chicken. Oh my gosh. Something you know, something from farm to table. Oh dear! You know something. Um, I don't know. So here's the deal. So it, the, then the article goes on to say that you know Princess Diana taught the boys to love comfort food, and I know, um, I know. Don't okay. even. Can I? No, don't. <laughs> Just let other people get to that place by their okay. own selves, because that's sure terrible. Then there was, uh, then there's, you know, now we have, of course, little George and little Charlotte and little Louis and Prince William and Duchess Kate. They feed them everything. They'll eat anything. They just try all the things. They they like all the foods. So the question then becomes, what will the food trend be for Prince William or I'm sorry, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's baby? And here are some, here are some options. Okay. Uh, they might make their own baby food. Oh. Oh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Hi. Welcome to the world. People have been doing that. That's not revolutionary. No, that is true. Don't you just okay. smash some soft vegetables? Here's the other thing, you guys. If I just got to say this, please, please don't buy applesauce in a baby food jar. Please don't buy bananas in a baby food jar. Just buy bananas. Just yeah. buy bananas and a fork. Bananas. Well, it just drives me bonkers. I'm like that. I mean, I feel like that's all baby food. Just put it in a blender. Well, I agree. Take a piece it, of chicken. It is really that easy. <laughs> but but people want to make it comp- overcomplicated. Preservatives. It, I. It doesn't actually take extra time. No, my God, baby food making would be the like easiest. It's- <laughs> 
Easiest Almost as fun as making the baby. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, also, go, going organic. They might go organic with the new baby. I mean, what is this? This is a lengthy article, <laughs> you guys. This is white article, ladies you with guys. too much time on their hands is mm. what it is. This is a very long article written by our friends at the Today Show about <laughs> yeah, exactly. what, pray tell, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's well, baby will there's eat. a good chance that some of the food will have been purchased by the royal palace. <laughs> I thought that the baby was going to eat like sacrificial souls and then suck it through a straw. I mean, well, that's what they do. You don't know. The royals have been known for years to they kill, you know, um, prisoners and <laughs> I'm just kidding. Happy birthday, they Bradley. They put them in the Tower of you London. You can say whatever you yeah. want today. <laughs> And uh, oh, anyway, well, so uh, you stay tuned, you guys, because soon I'm sure there will be some very, very deep reporting definitively on what actually is being What kind of diaper will Prince William or not Prince Prince William? I mean, (laughs) what kind of nappy is Prince William worthy of news? That would be a good story. Absorbent. Uh, All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, it pains us, especially on Bradley's birthday, that one of our favorites, Lizzo, maybe stepped in the dog's business a little bit. uh, mm, She's crawling her way out. We're good. Okay, she's crawling her way out. But we still need to talk about it. We're going to tell you what business she stepped in and have a conversation about that after this on My Talk 1071. So Bradley and I are both big fans of Lizzo, and she's a local gal made good, and she's having her year right now. Uh, but she stepped in the dog's business a little bit, and we got to talk about what she said. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Bradley, what did she do? Oh, gosh. You know, Liz, she, oh no. Liz OMG. No, we love Lizzo, right? And we do. Um, I just got tickets finally. You know, she added a show in the Twin Cities. It's a uh, pre-sale. Tickets go on sale Friday. It's going to be in October at the Armory of all things. So that girl is burning up the charts, etc. especially with her new album, Because I Love You. Um, it charted at top number one. I mean, it, she's going places. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Which we, we have always thought are she would. super proud of Lizzo because, of course, she's a hometown gal. But here's what... <laughs> So there was like one mild, like somebody kind of maybe had some thoughts about her uh, album that she was not uh, happy with. Mm -hmm. And um, she said the following on Twitter in all caps, people who quote review albums and don't make music themselves should be unemployed. Uh, Implying that people who don't make and well, and she went on uh, with another tweet by saying, um, oh, where was the one about the, I, she says, I honestly feel this way about everything. Like, don't criticize my mac and cheese. If you burn rice, period. Like if you ain't a cook, get out the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was something like, sort of like the thing we love about Lizzo is that she's just herself and she's Absolutely. out there and she does not care what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but very quickly people responded like, uh, this was not the take you wanted to have. I don't think Lizzo. So people responded right away, like, here's just one uh, one particular response to her initial um, comment. This isn't the way to go, sis. You have a tremendous career in front of you. Don't alienate folks with something you can't support. Just about every single industry that is publicly critiqued has folks who don't create what they're critiquing. Food, film, fashion, TV, music. 
And she sort of like sort of started to back away from it, but kind of still holding on to her point. She went on to say, uh, Lizzo did, this is an invitation to all music journalists to kick it in the studio with me for my next album. I'd like to understand your world as much as you can understand mine. And then she went on to say, going to take my temper off the internet. So like she was having some issues. Yeah. But I think what a lot of people reacted to was like, girl, you had one like mediocre review um, in a sea of like just uh, overwhelming, overwhelmingly like, positive reviews of positivity. Yeah. And thoughtful critiques and takes. Mm hmm. And the question I really thought was like, oh, does she have a point? But no, she really doesn't have a point because think about like you don't want to have to be a chef to have opinions about food. Well, we Nor- we critique television shows all the time or movies all the time. Yeah. Um, have you been in a TV no. show? Now, neither now, have I. Now, we we all everyone's entitled to opinions. Mm-hmm. She's probably focused more on people who. Make, make a living, a living, be an actual critic. And mm-hmm. we did try to get an actual critic on today, but they busy watching that Avengers movie. FYI. Don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in that movie right we now. We are not. Mm-hmm. Um, We're here right now. I reached out to Chris Hewitt to see if he would talk to us. And I know his thing isn't music, but he's a critic. And I, I think critics probably, you know, this isn't the first, whenever they give a, uh, a review that perhaps the artist doesn't appreciate, you know, they probably feel a little bit of that heat. And you can understand artists not being, uh, happy with less than stellar reviews, but that just like comes with the territory, and it's easy to sort of poo-poo reviewers and uh, people critics, but I think they actually do a legitimate job, right? Like they are providing an actual service, and again, I don't think you have to be an artist to appreciate art. No, in fact, or have opinions about it. Actually, you know, I, I don't know. I, to me, I, people who have opinions about it who are not who do not actively do that art have really valuable opinions about it partly because they appreciate the the what what is being done well, they're usually extreme lovers of yes, the thing that they're critiquing absolutely and and certainly you know there are people who maybe do who would have wanted to be musicians but maybe they don't have that level of talent mm-hmm. but they are able to appreciate it and look at it with a critical eye. And that is actually their way of participating in that industry. Also, yeah, I think you can, if you're uh, one of those people who uh, like obsesses over something and you are constantly just sucking it in and taking it in and appreciating it. And you've got a, a wealth of knowledge because you've been doing that for years. Like you bring to that art form or whatever it is, a certain skill level that the average person like you or I, we just look at something on oh, don't like that. But you Mm -hmm. don't give too much thought as to why you don't like that, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes we do. But it's not in the same way that a critic who has done so repeatedly over and over again for years in a way that provides them some knowledge of the larger thing. Mm -hmm. like Whatever that industry is. You know, if it's music, for example, they've been listening to music for decades. They've seen the evolution of the music industry. Well, and they probably, yeah, they probably have like a pretty good handle on the history that it, that goes around it in a way that you or I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I always do appreciate the perspective of um, a critic for that reason. I don't necessarily always agree with a critic. Well, yeah, and, and it's not to say you have to agree with them. I right. mean, I'm sure people would listen to this show, you know, astute radio critics, because there are... Th- that's a thing. Is that a thing? I hope not. Is it? Me too. 
There are TV critics, right? But there are mm-hmm. no radio critics. Thank God we picked the right. Yeah, we did. Art Industry. Form. <laughs> yes, this is our art. And good criticism can help, like you guys said, contextualize art in a bigger picture. Right. And that is a great service. Mm-hmm. The, some people would say that the art of criticism is a dying art, meaning that there aren't as many publications and venues who are willing to invest in criticism as a valid art form. Well, yeah, and they are not willing to invest money. Right, that's what I mean. In that yeah. That's what I mean. They're yeah. not willing to invest that, that, but, but I criticism also, is... I also think that's a sign of the times because I think that we probably have a generation coming through, and, and I think there are people in our own generation who do not understand the function of criticism, especially when they are the subject of it. Yeah, right. The, con- these kids, criticism. they can't take oh, criticism. Yeah, criticism is not necessarily even, it's it's bigger than, it's not bigger. It's like, it's more informed than just a snap judgment opinion. That's right? bad. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay for somebody to not like what you do for whatever reason, or, if they can build a case for it. First of all, constructive criticism is not necessarily by nature, negative. Right. Correct. Constructive criticism is somebody who may very well, and I find this oftentimes with people who are, you know, consider themselves deep fans of particular artists that, you know, a lot of times they have the stronger opinions, you know, negative opinions as well as positive mm-hmm. towards a particular artist because they feel so deeply connected to that person's work. Absolutely. Whereas critics can often, you know, sort of, put themselves again in, in context in a dispassionate way that, um, you know, like removing them. Yeah. Think would be helpful for an artist. Like for example, your partner, Jamie loves Madonna. He would not be a good Madonna critic, but maybe he would. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting conversation, a little different, but yeah, to your point, there are people who are total stands for somebody who it doesn't even matter what it is they put out. They are going to love it regardless, just by virtue of the fact that it came from that person who yeah. they are so who they admire so much. Yeah. Um, but the ability to step back and really, you know, it's funny because I've I think I probably have told this story on the air before. I won't name any names, but I went to a concert one time when I was young, uh, very young, and it was a Vanilla Ice concert. And there was a oh, reviewer yeah. in the area who was not particularly fond of that concert. And I read the review in that the publication for which that person oh, you just did tell and still did. It was John Bream. Yeah. And he probably was right. I don't know. I was like 13, 12 or 13. And uh, I read the, his critique of it. And at that age, anything that was not in favor of the thing yeah. that I loved yeah. was extremely aggravating. So I took it on myself to write a critique of his critique <laughs> on notebook paper with a pen. And to this day, I don't know if you told him I himself. actually uh, sent it or not. I can't remember if I actually sent it, uh, but I avoid him now when he's in the building because I'm embarrassed at the age of 41 of what 12 year old Colleen did because he didn't like the vanilla. I'm sure he got a lot of those types of letters. (laughs) Well, you know, um, to Lizzo though, girl, you, you know, we know you have feelings and they are strong and Mm -hmm. continue having them in the form of music because we would all like to buy it and enjoy it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, all of our foreign fast food fantasies are finally being fulfilled. 
FFS. Mm-hmm. Fast forward through this uh, break and we'll. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God.